Hello there, Alan here. We had some issues with wind in this Alfresco episode for the first two minutes, but if you can bear with it, it does die down. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Candela. Sorry it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while, but I think we've had a lot going on, haven't we? Yes, we have. Which has and, been nice. Um, it was a, Last year was such a just a inexorable period of boring time actually but yeah but so far 2021 i don't know there's more going on which is nice there is things are, things are beginning yeah. and uh yeah it's i think i've been a bit more sluggish on the uptake of things because it's just not used to it also yeah. kind of like a disbelief when i get an email like you want to work with me <laughs> i can't believe it uh you may notice you may have already noticed we are doing another outdoors episode yeah it's uh, a new thing it's good it's it's yeah it's, it's nice uh, we are in Green Park. No, we're not. We're in St. James's Park. Yeah. There's a few strollers around, London. so there's people walking around talking about how they hate their kids and, and stuff. Then, I mean, that's, we just got to deal with that, I think, in this, this stage. I've seen a lot of angry parents. Yeah, today. I mean, I guess that's another thing coming out of uh, lockdown. You're going to see a lot of. Uh, if you've got kids, hang in there. I know it's been, it's been tough. <laughs> well, slightly on that topic, we thought we'd talk today about art, about film and photography coming out of a lockdown, but not in the sense of like, you know, oh, are things going to come back? That's been, I feel like, a lot of conversations you hear is all about the creation creative recovery and all that stuff and of course it's it's important but we're more thinking of it purely in terms of like the art and and the output i guess to throw it to you out to begin with I, I was thinking a lot about how you know when you think of the different themes of street photography so much of it is is kind of taking stock of the world and where it's at and if if people incorporate buildings in their shots often what the state of the building says a lot like the history of it what it's been through and I just kind of think that, I mean, we've, we've spoken about what it's going to be like doing street photography during a pandemic where there's no one around and, yeah. and how that might be interesting or it might fucking suck. Um, but I just wonder what you think of what I it's going to be like last, as things are not even returning to normal as I don't think they are, but like, as in like, there won't be, it won't be the same as before, but like, what's it going to be like going into this new world where, you know, the, the, the world has changed there. There's been... I've noticed walking around London uh, whenever since I've been sort of coming in towards the tail end of this pandemic, like stuff is getting a little bit dilapidated. You know, some of the services and infrastructure stuff that you would expect to see maybe hasn't been happening as much or some things have been left a bit unloved. It's just there's a lot of like changes. Yeah. It's almost like you can see the, the scars on the on the cities. And It's interesting. I mean, I, I, th- I thought it was... I thought it was interesting for a while. Now I'm just kind of bored of it. Um, like, like for example, seeing Christmas adverts in shop yeah. windows, that, and it's now on the side of buses. It's telling you, like, come and check out this film that's going to be out in like November. Yeah, 2020. Like, <laughs> like, like the one that always sticks in my mind is in uh, Leicester Square. There's still the advert for Chris Nolan's Tenet. <laughs> uh, up as the premiere you know as yeah. like the latest release We're, and Chris and I actually saw it there did. when it came out and I think we talked about that before we, we did but it's just weird seeing stuff like that but I think street, photog- street photography is all about you know well I don't think it is documentary I, I don't see it as documenting things but you do kind of by uh, default you, you know if you photograph a city for long enough you end up documenting it I suppose even though I, my style is kind of not it's kind of like messing around with light and playing around with things and coincidences and things like that. So it's not strictly about, oh, look at this place. But you're right. Like, you know, I make use of architecture and stuff and that does play a part of it. And you can't really help but 
photographers around you, right? So mm. I, th- I think the style will go on and it always will go on and you just have to work with what you've got. Uh, the, I just find it... Uh, I thought it would be a lot more interesting to photograph than it has been. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I guess maybe that's... It's partly, like you say, your specific style. You know, you're not as so much trying to like document and you know periodize in a way i suppose for photographers who are who if that's their like that's their bag that's what they enjoy doing i suppose it is maybe it's slightly more interesting and yeah as a in terms of like coming out of this as opposed to what it's been like during it i guess you know what's the what are other qualities and things you need in a good street photograph well you need characters and you need people living authentically out there living and i think we're going to see a lot of that right because there's going to be this explosion it's like yeah, you know like, the world like and his renewed, wife wants to re- wants yeah. to get away and wants to do stuff and yeah. everyone's had this kind of realization that you know life is is finite and i just think in general there's going to be more people who are like out there in the world embracing whatever it is whether it's traveling whether it's partying whether it's doing some new hobby i just i, I like yeah. to think anyway it's going to be vivid out there yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, I imagine there'll also be some people whose lives have been really changed by mm. it all and maybe they're going to be in a worse off position, perhaps. And things might be different. You know, like a lot of people have had to find new jobs, new kind of careers. Uh, I remember the government saying that about musicians, like maybe it's best you, you find yourself a new career now. You know, yeah. that, that was advice. And it's I, I didn't agree with that. <laughs> it's just such a... Uh, so what, I guess corporate thing to say yeah, you know? yeah. it's like oh, in, instead of like trying to support the arts why don't we just yeah. I- encourage everyone to stop doing them you know yeah it's, it's, it's not brilliant but um, yeah I'm, I, I think a lot of people are going to take it as an opportunity to try new things and do things that they wouldn't have otherwise done perhaps if this hadn't have happened yeah and to your, your point about things you know for a lot of people being very difficult and you know i'm sure it's going to be incredibly frustrating for people coming out of this where even if they're lucky enough to have not lost anybody you know that their their like livelihood has been really really damaged and you know there's going to be a lot of people for whom everyone else is being like oh great the world's going again like oh this is all way we're back to normal and it's not going to be for a lot of people but i suppose and i think that's going to come up a lot in photography because like let's let's face it like a lot of people their style is or what they're interested in photography is going to parts of the world that are suffering or or are just generally more remote and are not living in the kind of normal westernized way and i think in those places it's going to be quite fascinating to you know i'm blanking on a good example right now but some of these real ends of the earth places like what has happened to them in the last like 12 months you know we haven't really the last thing i if i obviously haven't been there in 12 months the last thing i saw was probably a photo or a bit of video from there like how have things changed there so i think it's going to be quite rich in that sense yeah i also think people are going to perhaps explore their own countries a bit more and i think that um there's going to be a little I, I can't imagine that everyone's going to go headfirst into getting back on the underground in London or, um, you know, or, or jumping on a plane straight away. I think a lot of people will be a bit apprehensive and will probably want to just do a stake. I hate that word. Was it staycation? Staycation. Yeah. yeah. That, that uh, staycation is in a, in a like a bucket for me with words like hump day and fry and other ones that I would fry-yay. just make me yeah. want to kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it's not but yes, I, yeah. I apologise for bringing no, it's that fine. word onto I the podcast. I forgive you, but the point remains. But it's exa- that is what it's called. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. what they call them. Um, I, no, you're right. I think there, there are certain things like that, that commute thing 
definitely in London, you know, it was the case where if you tried to get on the train at, at Euston or Oxford Circus at 8.40 a.m., you're watching people literally like Tetris pieces, figuring out how they can make their body small enough so that they can cram themselves in a nook under someone's armpit and next to someone's bag. I just think <laughs> no one's, like, going to go back to that. It just They're just kind of like, enough. Like, what were we doing Also, there? yeah, a, a lot of people have moved out of the big cities. You know, L.A., it was a yeah. mass exodus at one point. Yeah, uh, London certainly happened. I'm even thinking about whether I need to be in Central anymore. Same. The other thing to, to consider is that um, some people's lives didn't change at all. Yeah, A lot of people living out in the country, places like Cornwall, places like the middle of the... You know, not a lot has changed, really, compared to, for example, like Londoners who are more used to... And I, I know I'm massively generalising here, but I've, I've heard from friends who live out there that it's actually in some ways improved. Like if they've got children, you know, they're, they're kind of spending more time as a family now, they're working from home. Uh, they, they, you know, not the kind of people who are going out to restaurants every other day. And, you know, for them, life hasn't really changed that much compared to how, for example, uh, life has changed for me. And I think some people have found a new speed that they like. And also the thing for photographers that I've noticed is I've recently been getting work in London, like commercial shoots in London and jobs in London. And I'm, I'm, in my career so far, I've, I've done like one or two things in London. Everything's been either in America or Asia or traveling, you know, or like tourism board stuff. And it's, it's interesting that now I think uh, people are looking within their own countries more and thinking, oh, you know, but, but because they have to. Mm. Uh, and they have, you know, they think, oh, we, we can't fly someone in easily. Um, I remember doing a job once where it was like I, I was... Uh, it was like a Chinese brand with a Spanish director of the shoot and the, an American uh, production team and me, British, and none of us ever met until the day of the actual project. And I, I don't think that, I, I don't know, I can't see that kind of stuff happening so much anymore, perhaps. I, I think it's going to be a lot more like, let's do this locally. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think that's a good thing as well. I do. I think it's made people probably pay more attention to their locality and to the stuff around them. Right down to like, it, you, everyone just took everything for granted, and you even think about more about your like your local businesses and, and yeah, of course. And, and I think yeah, I probably worked with them more and stuff because you are just thinking about the people around you and who share the same rock of of planet, uh, which is a which is a good thing. Also, yeah. and wildlife is thriving as well. I, I like to think that anyway that with so much less humans over the past year, I feel like the animals just been having a great time. Oh, for the one most thing part. I did enjoy. I mean, my, my overall experience of the past year has been negative, uh, you know. Yeah. But I've enjoyed, yeah, seeing the t River Thames completely still, the skies with silent, no planes. Mm. And where I live in West London, it's like, a, you know, flight path. Um, I hadn't even thought of that about <laughs> lack of planes in the sky. Yeah. No, it was, it was such a thing. And there were just some things that, are, you know, trying, trying to take positives out of it. Well, something was very funny over there. Um, <laughs> Oh, they're trying to shoe off a pigeon. I like. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of people who are going and stepping uh, in and saying yeah, that pigeon. Ag aggressive to pigeons. Could be your next time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pick on someone your own size. But yeah, it's you know, I I, I think it it is a bit odd sometimes. Like I have I have felt like it's a bit unnecessary booking a photographer from the UK. Like I got you know you get booked to go and do a shoot in like a, you know Dubai, and it's like there are plenty of yeah of course i'm always grateful to get work and to do stuff and to travel and you know but sometimes it has felt a bit like well, what's going on here i think that that stuff's going to change and um 
it'll be interesting to see the logistics of that in the film industry as well and TV shows and ad shoots and, and things like that yeah that's a, a, a way way more moving pieces yeah I think the kind of this coming year in cinema and on TV is going to be weird like I think the last year or the last year or two even have been probably the worst for cinema since cinema was a thing um, I mean oh you, 100% you ask how many people how many what great films you saw in the last year like and, and that's not even really so much a COVID thing because these are all ones that shot beforehand. It's just been, just, you know, it's just, we're just not in a great place for movies right now. And I hope that will change. But I think my fear for, so with, on, on the film side of it, the first thing is just purely the logistics. And obviously, like the past few months, basically, the only things that can, can be shot are like, you know, Malcolm and Marie we watched because they did it with a tiny crew and they even had like, the great stars, film. great films, and Dyer and John David Washington did their own hair and makeup and stuff, you know. And in so, black and white, big and fat. in black and white, yeah. The cinematography of that movie, if you've not checked it out, is worth very simple, out. very beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, small productions have happened, but but also at the same time, small and yet well resourced, well budgeted productions, because every shoot now has to come with all of this COVID safe stuff. You know, you're basically looking at just adding loads of insurance, loads of extra testing social distancing is and like obviously already film sets are hugely just wasteful and expensive beasts and it's now like yeah you're gonna be looking at adding 20 30 percent onto the budget just to just to make sure everything's covid safe yeah and, um, and people are gonna have to consider and streamline and that will probably continue yeah but beyond thinking beyond that that's obviously like a logistical issue like in a creative sense I, my kind of concern is that obviously it's been a bad year you know financial year for like movies and stuff and everyone's just having to conserve and you've seen like the bond film push back and back so they can maximize it my worry is that you know good films only really come when there's risk like you know a film take like fight club or something that was done i think that was warner brothers wasn't it and that took that was a quite a considerable risk on their part in terms of the subject matter and frankly it wouldn't happen now or if it would it would be completely toned down to movie i i've got something to say on this whole pushback thing with films i think it's really bad actually how cinemas have been closed for so long and, and there were periods that they could have opened and yes like you know that they're saying that they don't want to release the bond film because they want more people in seats right mm. to to pay for it they want to it's a purely financial decision for pushing back yeah but the fact that every, no one's supporting the cinemas means that they're closing so like they're losing their potential earning anyway and I, I don't know it, it just feels a bit like I think yeah it, like, like, like it hasn't been structured very well and it just seems like the Cinema. I wouldn't want to be a cinema owner right now, you know? Like, oh, God, no. Like it's, it's just been completely, like, they've just been left exposed to everything. Massively, and, and the and, yeah. And, and, like, the Bond film could have been streamed. I know, why and I feel they like... Just the, like, like that Mulan film that yeah. they did? Or, you know, it's like, why not? Also, the, the pushback they've done, like, I, I completely understand why they've done it, but, like, in doing, in doing that... A, it just it just screams money, doesn't it? You can just tell that they're thinking about you're yeah, put, you're, you're basically putting in in cine, in movie lovers and cinema goes head how worried they are about the bottom line. And yeah. also, I feel like they're just setting it up for every time it gets pushed back, and it's been about a million times at this point. It puts more pressure on it now, doesn't it? So when when it gets to the point, and you know, once upon a time when I was still a critic, it would have been me, you know, going down to a little screening room to watch it and then write a review of it. You, there's so much expectation for it, and if it is, you know, an incredible film, I'm trying to think of. You know, if it was a film like Grand Budapest Hotel or whatever that is so good, if that had been pushed back and you released it, people would still go, you know what, that's a fucking great film. But if, it, if it's anything less than excellent, I think people were going to be 
almost kind of ready to be like oh really <laughs> after all that after two years it was just okay oh but also also people are a lot of people have invested heavily in in their own home cinema like you know yeah uh, like you know having decent speakers that they might not have had before because obviously people are spending so much more time at home yeah and, and i I don't know. I'm a big fan of being able to pause a film. And mm. I, Chris will testify, I'm quite an annoying person to watch a film with anyway. Can I, attest to that. I'm, I'm, uh, you've got like five or you've got 15 minutes basically to grab Alan in a film. And if you, if you as the filmmaker have not done that, you've lost it. I'm not a slow burner kind of <laughs> film person. Not to say that I'm, I need to, you know, I'm not, it's not all like, oh, it's going to no, be yeah, like a Marvel no. film. It's just if it's not interesting. It's difficult. Or, it's actually quite difficult to predict whether you're going to like be be taken by a film or not. It's, it's interesting. Sometimes it has yeah. been known. I will watch a film from start to finish <laughs> without wanting to go, you know, do something else yeah. or edit a picture. I, I'm with but, you on the same cinema thing. Though. There's when, when people talk about like the demise of the cinema experience, they're like basically two completely separate things they're talking about. One is that it's bad to watch it on a phone which is about four inches wide, and oh. the other and the other is it's bad to watch it not surrounded by other people and the first part I'm totally on board with who because are like talking, who are like talking and, and like and, and all the floors all sticky and like, and like yeah, slapping and on drinks and, and stuff there's like a kid who won't shut so, up yeah so the first part like I'm, I'm super on board with and you know I love to see a film big so if you, if you if you could get a home set up where you're watching it big then for me that's absolutely perfect but I don't I don't really miss being I don't really need to be around a hundred other people I can see if you're watching a horror film or a comedy film sometimes it's quite nice to sort of have that like group experience but on the whole for me like just being in like a you know the, the dream situation of having like a you know your own little cinema room is just like that's the optimum to me and i do really believe that like some version of that obviously scaled up or down depending on people's budgets is going to be more of a yeah. thing yeah and there are some films that just make sense in the cinema and there are others that just don't make sense yeah. you know like um I don't know, I don't want to offend him because we've had him on the podcast, but like a film like Gone Girl, mm. I don't think is as necessary to see in like IMAX, you know, yeah. as like a film like well, uh, Interstellar. Maybe, yeah, or, one of other Finch's films like, I don't know, Zodiac or like something you kind of, is maybe more of a, a cinema experience. Yeah, and, and, and I think, I wonder if that's going to be a thing that changed, you know, if yeah films are, you know films that are more like an event or i don't know maybe maybe it sounds like i'm being harsh but i just feel like some things just don't need to be huge like, like for example with with my photography some prints definitely work bigger and they look more Im- impactful when they're large and some when they're large look worse mm. and you know I, I find that a3 or a2 is actually a really nice size uh, for my photography and I think it gives enough uh, you know sometimes I've seen like a Salgado exhibition where they're like 8 by 6 feet prints and yeah. it is, but but you, it's got to be the right kind of shot to, yeah. for, for that to work and I feel like that with the cinema sometimes I'm sitting there and just thinking you know well, I don't know why I'm here watching this I should have just waited and watched this on television or and sometimes you know you watch a film on a on a plane and you're like oh this sucks I, you know I wish I was watching mm. it in a cinema but then at the same time I've watched films on planes and plane screens are notoriously awful and they they fuck around with the aspect ratios to fit the monitors on the planes and they and sometimes do terrible overdubbing dubbing or like the pilot stops you all of these things are against you and yet I've like cried on planes watching movies it's still been a good experience <laughs> and in fact it reminds me of I always remember I watched Magnolia the Tom Cruise film by Paul Thomas Anderson that Robert Ellsworth, who we had on the show, DP'd. And I watched that on a laptop in about 2000 and 
nine or something in my <laughs> then girlfriend's bed at later one night she'd fallen asleep ages ago and i just sat watching it in front of me in bed and there's this, uh, people who know have seen the film it ends with like the rapture happens and frogs fall from the sky as the sun comes up in the movie and it was really late at night where i was and the sun was coming up outside and it was this really fucking moving like impactful moment i remember that film quite a long intense film finishing and i was like wow that was cool and it wasn't i, I think in its own special way that was just as it worked for me just as much in that bed on a laptop as it would have done in a cinema. Yeah, well, perhaps more so. Yeah, but oh, I guess to, I, I, to... I've concluded that all films work better for me in at home. <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> each to their own. Yeah. Uh, to go where I was going with this with this point originally, to go back to the post-COVID thing, is just my worry is that because it's been a difficult time, you know, any kind of really, really good, memorable... Most of the time, the good, memorable films tend to be the riskier ones. And I just think the industry is going to be very risk-averse for the next year or two because it's... going to be like, let's make uh, yeah. Wonder Woman 6. Everyone's going to be worried sell. about their bottom line. So when they get when projects come across their table at Netflix or wherever, they're probably going to be thinking like, hmm, okay, well, yeah, but does this hit certain, like, themes that are popular right now or have certain names attached? And I think there is probably going to be a bit of that, which is... A shame. I, I know it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, why are they considering the money? Of course they're considering the money. Yeah. That's how it works. The Indeed. film industry is first and foremost a business. Yeah. And I get that. It's just, that, yeah, the way it's being done is just very, very, it's too transparent. It's too, it's, yeah. it's more kind of evident than ever. And it's, yeah, it's a shame. I just, I just really hope it doesn't affect the kind of scripts that get picked, you know. That it doesn't all just become shoehorned into I mean I guess everything's going like that though isn't it you know like labels record labels don't really back people in the way they do they'd rather reinvest in a sure thing than try and nurture something and I, th I imagine that yeah. that's going to be happening for a little while I think you know we're living in this age of big data and I think even if people aren't using I mean people talk, people joke about Netflix commissioning using algorithms like supposedly the story is that they they commissioned House of Cards by algorithm because people at the time liked Kevin Spacey and like uh, political thrillers uh, but I think I think people were guilty of algorithmic thinking in a way and I think a lot of situations now people like in their head going mm, has this theme is about this topic and they kind of you know they compute it and it comes out and they're like yes this will be a good and successful film so I think that's a slight problem I think creatively whereas in photography maybe there's been a bit of a a gap for people to do some interesting stuff that is related to the pandemic. I don't think that's... I've just never felt that that's going to be good with film. Like, I can't see someone making a oh, film I, I hope about, in any way about COVID that's good. Do you know what? Know. The last thing I want to see... Exactly! The last thing I want to see <laughs> is a fucking exhibition on the pandemic. Oh, I and thought I you were going to say the last thing I want to see is a two-hour film about COVID, which I also don't want to see. Well, well Contagion is already out. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that was eerie. I remember watching that just before this whole thing kicked off. I hadn't seen it before. And I, I just remembered it. I was like, oh my God, that's almost prophetic. And maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe someone will do a film where it's like, it's about an ironmonger in the 1850s, but really it's about, like, you can tell it's about COVID, but like, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to really be a thing. <laughs> yeah, I've taken photos, obviously. I haven't tried to do a kind of COVID series per se. I've just done London as it is. And I guess you could say that it is a COVID series because it was shot during this time. Mm. And I could, I definitely have some pictures that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to get. The lot I want, I, if I'm going to exhibit these, I, I want to do it in like ten years or like twenty years or or maybe never. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a positive. I don't know. It's just yes. I, yeah, it, I, com it, I completely just, agree. It's just not. It's no. There's what you know. Loads of people died. Everyone was aware of it. 
Yeah. And, and it was awful. <laughs> you know. I Similarly, I think there could I could see in twenty or thirty years' time there being a film, if not necessarily like you know COVID the film, but it's like probably being made at the moment. I'm sure I'm sure it is, and that's ridiculous, but I'm sure it is. But maybe yeah, in twenty or thirty years' time, you know, there's a film that's where it's, it's not the subject, but it happens to be set during a time when there was a pandemic, and that's sort of like in a to a small degree related to the plot. I think that would be cool. Then could be interesting, but I just think I don't know. We're, we're so we're so quick to try and like plow stuff these days aren't we it's like every time a celebrity dies you know and within 45 minutes someone's like you know that all the viral posts are out about like something they did that was cool when they were it's all it just there's, the, there's, that. A, there's like know. a three-hour documentary it's like who makes these things <laughs> yeah. you know it's like let's look back at the life of you know t- today is the day that prince philip is is um yeah is being buried and it's like i've read so much pre-made stuff it's like do they yeah. make things before someone dies like oh like let's make this you know this this person might you know god forbid the day that david attenborough dies they'll be you know they might already mm. be compiling things yeah and they do this thing where they it's, get it's they, really they interview family members for it and they get them to talk about them as though they're dead so they uh, they they had I, I I was happy to see like five minutes of this Prince Philip documentary that the BBC ran on the day he died, and it was his sister on there saying like, oh yeah, he was such a lovely man. How <laughs> mental that must that be when your family members still are doing live and you're doing a retrospective of them while they're like still around. Very odd. Crumbs. Yeah. I mean, how? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that, that is that is truly mind-boggling, isn't it? <laughs> But yeah. it's it's the world that we've created. Everything has to be instant. Everything's mm. got to be very very available to everyone. It's it's kind of exhausting, isn't it? What do you I think? don't think it's yeah. doing us all any good. No. <laughs> well, let's let's assume that you know things galleries reopen, things are somewhat sort of back to normal. Do you think you know? Is it just back to the grindstone, back to like normal for you? Do you think your different things are different at all, or the way you approach shooting? I've my, I spent most of my uh, year focusing on creating work in London, which has been difficult because I love people being around and I love travelling. So, you know, I, I was already kind of tired of shooting in London, like before the pandemic. Mm. And it was a real kind of, uh, I had a couple of months of feeling bummed out about it and then just went, this is what we've got to do, right? This is what I've got. Street photographers work with what they have. Stop complaining about it, just go out and shoot it. And, um, you know, there are plenty of people who would love to have been locked down in London rather than somewhere else in the world. And so I, I got over that. And uh, but I, and I think I've managed to keep my uh, eye dialed in, so to speak. And I, I just want to just let it loose abroad mm. and in a different scenario. And I've got nothing against London. And I'm sure I could, you know, there, there are some photographers who are famous for just shooting one place, like, you know, Paris. Yeah, and, they, and all of their work is that there's one photographer whose name I cannot remember. Every like every photo he published had had the Eiffel Tower in it in some way. I think that's really it was a really cool concept, you know, whether it was like a reflection of it tiny in a, in a baker's window in the distance, or mm. whether it was shot underneath it. And you know, so it is possible to um, to work. It's funny, just actually, in, isn't it? Almost almost every photographer really ends up especially long after they're gone, usually being tied to one place, you know, they're thought of, oh, this guy who, who shot this during this moment in history, like yeah, even even absolute world globetrotters, like there's still usually one place that's yeah, like... <laughs> well, yeah, like, yeah for, I think Steve McCurry's known, will be always synonymous with India. Yeah, even though he's and, been absolutely all over, but he will be synonymous yeah, with Yeah, Don, Don McCullen with Vietnam mm. and Fan Ho uh, with Hong Kong and Cartier-Bresson 
so interesting that most of Cartier-Bresson's most... Uh, uh, there he goes with his uh, 100% hit rate of mentions in Candela he, he's, episodes. He's, he's the state's official sponsor of this <laughs> we, podcast. <laughs> we, we should have a special uh, sound effect whenever he gets mentioned. We should, right. Going forward, that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he, he truly travelled all over, you know, he shot some of the most epic stuff imaginable, like real historical events and... Um, and yet he's known best possibly for like shots around near where he lived like just little uh jumping over you know that famous photograph uh behind the train station of the man running over a puddle and you've got like the kid holding the baguette and the bottle of wine i think it is like looking and like the the one of the family upon the banks of the seine and it, and it is funny that those are the ones that he is known for and people often associate paris with him and you know he probably uh shot a hell of a lot more everywhere else like he lived in india for a year he, he tended to move and and stay in a place for a long time mm. uh, which is something i'd love to do more of after this <laughs> just be based in a different kind of place for a while yeah like i've had i've it's been a very frustrating process where gallery like i've been talking to various galleries over the past few months and we, you know I, I, I was meant to be doing a show in in germany and that's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and so, and then after we like uh, reorganised it three times, we just said, right, let's just stop talking about this and just just get back yeah. in touch when things are back on. Yeah. And because um, obviously they they like the cinemas, they want people to come in. They want they want a guarantee of of bodies <laughs> in in there. And I would like to sell some prints. Obviously, so, <laughs> you know, there's that as well. But yeah, it's now coming back, and I've got my first series of exhibitions to to be planning now good stuff and uh, I I, don't, but who knows there might be a new adaptation of the coronavirus you know called COVID-21 and <laughs> we might all just be back like this for another year I really hope not not me no, well, I'm going to wherever on earth is like if it, even if it's the Antarctic that's where I'm going I'm not doing it. <laughs> No, no more. I'd love to do a bit of time yeah, the, like, totally. like in the Arctic. Have you seen that? that there was a uh, Werner Herzog filmmaker made. Yeah, he did uh, Nosferatu and lots of classic. Oh, films. he's a, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a unique character. That guy, and he he did a very cool film. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a documentary about the one about the boat where he like lugged it up a, a massive hill. No, no, no. <laughs> that's a good one as well. No, it's set in the most northern uh, civilization on Earth. And it's like this science base in like the Arctic somewhere. And it's just fascinating. I won't say any, anything more about it. Uh, it's just very interesting characters who have ended up there. Very cold up and, there. And like people who like wanted to live as far away from humanity as they could. And and it's a very interesting thing to see. And I, I thought I'd like to go there actually and, 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 and just photograph people and just live there for a couple of months and just see what it's like. I love old Werner. There's this quote where he's like, you have never seen true stupidity until you look in the eyes of a chicken. It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> great. <laughs> it's... Uh, you know what? I've got one more fun fact for you about Werner Herzog. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix was um, driving around near his house in Beverly Hills and he crashed his car. And he yeah, like remembers I'm coming to in the wreckage and being pulled from the car and this German voice and it was Werner Herzog pulling him from the car. No way! Because <laughs> he just lived nearby in the in the LA. <laughs> pulled him out. We should work together. Yeah. <laughs> you are very lucky, my friend. It was a bad crash. <laughs> I really apologise to any German listeners. <laughs> was that? Was that yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on there. It went a bit arny. So, Christopher, 
Yes. Um, how about with yourself? Have uh, well, also, how's that? How have things been in in Hootenland uh, over the past few months? And uh, how are things? I mean, I really know the answer to this, but uh, how are you going to go forward? Yeah, I uh, I think yeah, it was it was it was difficult at first. It was all very disorientating when you all knew what the hell was really going on in most of the fields I work in. But then things have gotten better, and I think one the one thing I've learned was that like. In the in the same way that you were saying about talking to galleries and then being like, you know what, let's just not let's just forget about it for now and let's have this conversation at a more opportune time. I think I had the same the same way. I was like, I'm not going to push for like trying to move things into production right now because it's just going to be pain for everyone involved. So I was like, I'm going to go back to the script and go back to the book. And I, even though that's now like hopefully changing and you know just production is going to be possible again, I actually think just the the discipline of writing is just really. I'm just gonna stick with it more. I've just fallen a bit back in love with it, and just as you enjoy being able to walk the streets with your camera and know that you can do your art requiring little else than your camera, me doing stuff with just ultimately starts with just a pen. I think is I'm gonna take forward, and, and also paper. I guess like you, um, just letting go of London a little bit, you know, and remembering that there's a bigger world out there, and not just in terms of like traveling, but just like that you can interesting things can happen and communities can build in other parts and it doesn't have to all be centered around these cities that we've decided are the places to be so uh those are my takeaways yeah spoken uh with the privilege of unencumbered gentlemen with no real responsibilities <laughs> i know i know yeah i mean I, yeah it's uh i can't even have a puppy or anything because i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to travel you can't, you can't leave a puppy for three months you can it's not really nice I want, I want a puppy so bad but... so do I it would have made this year so much better I would and I'll but... go to like whatever lengths to make sure that it has a good nice life but I just don't know if the on the road life is going to be going to work for a, a, a little dog I don't want them no, to no it won't it definitely won't <laughs> they don't They don't want to spend time in departure lounge B you know I don't want to put, put them through that no not B C maybe <laughs> right well on that note um, hope you enjoyed the episode yeah and uh, send in any suggestions that you yeah, have for yeah, topics for, um, and for some topics to discuss or, or, or even interviewees we always love to hear them and, and do genuinely take them on board and have in some cases taken them forward so yeah, yeah. alright peace out peace out <laughs>